barbecues next week. Yeah. Did it? It's next, definitely next Sunday. So if you're not there, you'll be hungry. <laughs> Just thinking about um, the presentation that Rich did, uh, some of you will remember the days where you, we had a, a church address book on the welcome table that you could just pick up and take home. Well, kind of those days are over um, because with the, the sort of today's society, data breaches, uh, you can't do that. You can't display a rotor. You can't have a, a, a paper booklet that you, that's got everybody's name, address and telephone number in. So uh, we have to be really careful uh, because there are hefty fines for companies, charities, churches that don't keep their data secure so that's hence the the system so if you if you need help then then do ask um, uh, i'm going to bring a short word this morning time has gone quite quickly and um i was i, was, I spent a bit of time uh, wednesday actually i spent a time uh, in someone's back garden the whole day in their summer house just praying reading sleeping reading, writing, and just felt God speak to me through this, this word. Uh, so I'm going to share that this morning. Um, in the news, if you've been following the news, you're probably fed up and bored of the leadership contest that's going on for our next Prime Minister, and uh, you've probably heard all the debates and seen uh, what they say about themselves and how they say that they're the man for the job and, and what they'll do and all that, but I, I think I was pondering this way, well, what actually makes a great leader? Because actually at this time, our country does need a great leader, somebody that will, that will set the direction, somebody that will unite the country and actually follow through on what uh, the uh, majority of the people in the country voted for, but also to, to care for those that didn't vote for that option. So what makes a great leader? Well, according to the Bible, a great leader is a servant, somebody that serves. And uh, I want to look uh, this morning at a, a very short passage uh, in 1 Kings, uh, 1 Kings chapter 1. So if you have got a Bible and you want to turn there, uh, you can go there. Um, and in, in, in the NIV, uh, it is entitled, Adonijah Sets Himself Up as King. But I was reading uh, a slightly different version last night, and, and that has three different headings. First, the first heading is about uh, King David being elderly. The second uh, heading is about a young girl that looks after him. And then the third heading is about Adonijah setting himself up as king. So they've done, they've done it slightly different in the NIV, um, which I don't particularly like. But I'm going to read it from that version because I think that's probably the easiest one for us to understand and uh, just going to read the first few verses perhaps down to uh, verse 7 I think 6 or 7 it says this when King David was old and well advanced in years he could not keep warm even when they put covers over him so his servants said to him let us look for a young virgin to attend the king and take care of him. She can lie beside him so that our Lord, the king, may keep warm. Then they searched throughout Israel for a beautiful girl and found Abishag. Not the best name ever. We'll, 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 
we'll, uh, we'll call her Abby for short. Uh, Ab found Abby, a Shunammite, and brought her to the king. The girl was very beautiful. She took care of the king and waited on him. But the king had no intimate relations with her. Let's just get that clear, okay? Uh, she might have been sleeping with him, but she was just sleeping with him. Now Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, put himself forward and said, I will be king. So he got chariots and horses ready and with 50 men to run ahead of him. His father had never interfered with him by asking, why do you behave as you do? He was also very handsome and was born next, to, next after Absalom. So a bit of a strange one, a bit of a strange sort of start to this passage of scripture. And um, for those of you who don't know who King David is, we want to just sort of focus a bit on that. So King David, uh, you may have heard uh, of David and Goliath. You might have heard of uh, uh, David uh, serving under Saul. Well, this is the same David and he was once a giant slayer or a shepherd boy or a worshipper. He was once a fugitive running from Saul. Uh, but he is considered Israel's greatest king, apart from Jesus, that is. He's considered Israel's greatest king. He's also, you perhaps, if you, if you know a bit about David, you'd think, well, adulterer. You know, he was caught uh, in bed with Bathsheba. But ultimately, he was a man after God's heart, the Bible tells us. But at this stage in the story, he's no longer that, got that youthful vigour, that ruddy complexion. He is old and well advanced in years. Anybody feel like that? Old and well advanced in years. So he's gone from being this battle, uh, this strong and mighty leader and fighter to a frail old man who's physically weak, shivering and frail. He's one battle-weary warrior heading towards the end of his life. And his servants recognise his need for 24-hour care. And so they look for a nurse, a nursemaid. They, they, if you just look at what, what's going on there, it says that he couldn't keep warm. He was shivering. There's something going on there, isn't there? And so they recognised what he needed. They needed to prevent hypothermia in his life. And uh, they, not that they knew this verse, this verse in Ecclesiastes 4.11 that says, two will lie down together and keep warm. That probably hadn't been written before this event, but they knew uh, how two bodies coming together can, can keep one another warm. And so this, they, they made a search throughout Israel and they found what they called a beautiful girl. Abby, we'll call her. And we presume that this is an outward beauty. You know, gorgeous. But I, wanna, I just want to consider this morning that maybe it wasn't just her outer beauty that, was, that they sought after. There was something about her inner beauty that made her the choice of David's men. And so they bring her... Uh, and she serves the king. She looks after him. She's uh, very beautiful. And uh, she took care of him and waited on him. And you can just picture the scene, can't you? The king in his chamber, uh, in bed, old, wrinkly, 
frail, tired, shivering, and just this young girl looking after him, feeding him, washing him, providing personal care, even climbing into bed with him and sleeping next to him just so that he can stay warm without any hanky-panky, all right? Just, just to be there with him, to support him in his final days, to keep him warm. I'm not, and do you know what? I'm, I know I'm not advocating this morning that we go around doing this, all right? I'll just, just make sure that's clear. We're not, we're not advocating that. What we want to look at is the level of care that is given towards the king. She's not a prostitute or a concubine. She is a nurse. And to be honest, I don't think David was up for it anyway. He's old, isn't he? So let's, let's clear our minds of any, anything like that. This is pure uh, and holy care. It's pastoral care for the elderly. Yeah? Pastoral care for the elderly, for the king. She was a true servant of the king you know you can imagine that being a full-time job for her to do whatever the king needed whenever he needed it without question or complaint to serve his every need complete submission to the one on the throne and it just got me thinking you know that's that's our job isn't it as god's people is to serve the king submit to him to look after his every need. Not that he needs anything from us. He's not elderly. He's not weak. He's not frail. But our job is to serve the King. King Jesus. See, Abby was indeed a good and faithful servant. Unlike Adonijah, who we heard about in this story, David's fourth son. He was handsome, but he was also arrogant and hungry for power. Nobody searched for him. Nobody went looking to make him king. He just put himself forward. Can you imagine the arrogance? He just, these are his words. I will be king. Well, he wasn't even in line for the throne. But he can see his father dying. And he announces himself king. You know, you can just imagine that, can't you? And he, and he did gain support from people, but not from the right people, not from the king himself or from the king's priest or prophet. Abby is selfless. She's a selfless servant to the king. And Adonijah is a self-appointed and he has disregard for the king. It's almost like his, his uh, claim to the throne is almost saying he's as good as dead. We don't need him anymore. Abby sacrificed and devoted herself to the job she was appointed to. But Adonijah relished the short time he thought he was in charge of the country. But it wasn't long. If we read on in the story, we won't do that now because time's short. He was left begging for mercy once the true king had been appointed. David's son Solomon was the next in line for the throne. And once... Uh, everyone found out about Adonijah's behaviour, things began to change. And Solomon took the throne, and that's when Adonijah panicked because he realised what his mistake. You contrast these two people, this young, beautiful girl who just looked 
and uh, looked after the king and served his every need uh, with the king's son who just wanted his position and power. Do you ever recognise that in yourself? You know, this contrast between service and status. Some people after status and power whilst others are just happy to serve. Happy to serve. We went to a barbecue uh, on, uh, what night was it? Thursday night? Uh, at the Way Family Church. And just a, a debrief after the PE4 week of prayer. Just the people that organised and, and helped lead that came together just to review. And we had a barbecue. And uh, just somebody that stood out re- really well on that evening was a guy called David, not me, another guy. Uh, and he just, he, he did the barbecuing. Uh, he wasn't involved in the debrief or the leadership, but he just, he just did all the practical stuff. You know, the, the, the cooking of the food, the cleaning up afterwards, the, the putting away of the table, you know, making sure everything was sorted so that the pastor of the church just could lead and, and help. It's just wonderful to so somebody in the background just doing all the work that needed to be done. Not, not looking for status, not looking for anybody to acknowledge it, but just willing to serve. You know, it's not long uh, through the life of Jesus where we see the disciples arguing about who's the greatest. It says, I haven't written the reference down, but it says this, I think it's in Mark chapter 9. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer. Because they'd been arguing about which of them was the greatest arguing about who was the greatest. Jesus sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take the place and be the servant of everyone else. Jesus put a little child among them, taking the child in his arms, he said to them, anyone who welcomes this little child like this on my behalf welcomes me and anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me but also the father who sent me so if you want to be great greatness is found in the small isn't it in the childlike in the the doing the things that that god would want us to do not not exalting ourselves but humbling ourselves Later, Jesus went on to show his disciples what servanthood was really like. He took a towel and a basin and he washed their feet. The high king of heaven, Jesus, the master, gets down on his hands and knees, takes their dirty feet in his hands and he washes them. And he says, go and do the same. This is the place of greatness. This is the place of a great leader, somebody who will serve the interest of others and forget about themselves. Jesus said, you know, being a Christian is about denying yourself. Abby was this kind of servant. So what about us? How do we become people who are servant leaders? I think we must be willing to do what is required 
without expecting instant recognition. We just get on and do it. We just do it because it's the right thing to do. Whatever you're faced with, and I, some of you uh, are faced with looking after elderly parents or elderly neighbours or friends who are frail and in need of care. Well, it's great that you just get on and do it. You're not looking for recognition. You're just getting on and serving them. You're helping them. You're caring for them, whatever way that they need. That's, be- that's a beautiful thing. That's a godly thing. That's loving God and loving our neighbour as ourselves, just in those practical things. Some of, some of you are looking after uh, family members who are poorly, who need constant help. That's wonderful that you're doing that. So we must be willing to do what is required without expecting recognition from others because God sees it. It doesn't go unnoticed by God. He sees everything. Second thing, be faithful in the small things. In the phone call to that person that's lonely, in the text message to encourage, in the popping round for a cup of coffee in the taking the washing home to help relieve the pressure on that mother with lots of kids in the small things be faithful god sees our faithfulness and he rewards that third thing be consistent be reliable be trustworthy and be kind it's easy, isn't it, to, to serve other people and begin to moan about how demanding they are and how hard it is. And, and yes, it is. But maybe you've, you've, you've got to the place where you're doing too much for them. You've taken on too much and actually you've begun to be, get resentful. And that's not kindness, is it, when, it, when we do things reluctantly. We need to do it out of a generous, trustworthy, kind Spirit. Put others first. Put others first. It's not about what you can get out of it. It's about serving the other person. Don't try to appoint yourself to a position that's not yours. It's not your job to fill everything, not to do everything. Perhaps God wants you to do a certain number of things but not to take on the whole mission not the whole shebang perhaps in your workplace it's important not to disrespect you know like, like Adonijah he was disrespectful to his dying father and mother and the people of Israel to take up that position that wasn't his It was very disrespectful. And don't seek glory or adoration from those around you. It will come at the right time. But don't don't go chasing after that. Chase after doing the good things that God has called you to do. Here's uh, Peter uh, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 5 gives a real good example of leadership when it comes to being a servant. He says this to the elders, to the leaders among you. I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings. 
I'll read it again. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder or leader and a witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, he, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you, her younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. You know, just looking at Abby's like, this is a humble servant doing everything needed to look after David. So this morning, I want to, I want to encourage those of you who are doing everything you can to serve the people that you love, the people that you care for, the people who God has given you to look after. I want to encourage you to be humble, to be kind, to be trustworthy, to be faithful. Because I think God God loves that. He likes that. It says, clothe yourselves with humility. So in our service to other people, Let me encourage you this morning to keep on doing what you're doing. God sees it. God loves it. He thinks it's great. So this morning, if there are people here, I'm just going to ask you to stand. If you are currently looking after somebody who is frail, elderly, sick, weary, just going to invite you to stand. I know, I, know, I know there are people here. I know there may be others. You probably don't even think that you're doing stuff, but you're there for people. You know, they may be struggling in some way and you're offering some kind of support to them. Come on, you're, you're looking after Ivy and, Lynn and um, Hazel. You, you are. You don't realise you are, but you are. You just see it as normal. Um, but you're doing it. You know, there's perhaps others of you that have elderly relatives who you're caring for and you're supporting and it's hard and it's tiring and perhaps you think, well, nobody sees it. But God sees it. God sees it. So, Father, I want to pray this morning for those who are standing here and those perhaps who, who don't want to stand because they don't want to be embarrassed. I want to pray, Lord, that you would strengthen them, that every act of kindness that they're providing for that person would be done because they love Jesus. Because, Lord, you have given them the power, you've given them the gifts to serve those people in, a, in such a godly way. We pray for those who have... Uh, children, Lord, who they're looking after, who are poorly, who have restricted mobility. We pray that you would support and care for the carers, for those who give up time and their own pleasures, Lord, to administer your love and care towards those people. Holy Spirit, would you equip them, encourage them, 
Strengthen them, especially in the difficult moments. And may it be for your glory. Lord, when they see what they're doing, when it looks like it's making no difference, help them to see that it is making a difference. Without them there, things would be very, very different. They would be drastically different. So we thank you, Lord, for all the different uh, acts of kindness, the love and the care that these people provide. And Lord, for those of us who uh, don't even see what we do, Lord, would you make it clear to us what it means to be a servant, to lay our lives down for other people, to be generous, to be kind, to be thoughtful, to be an encourager, to get alongside others, to support them, to help them in their time of need. And Lord, I want to pray uh, for all of us, Lord, to look for opportunities to bless and to help and to be servants. Lord, if there is any pride in us that, that, that wants to receive that glory of uh, being recognised as somebody important, Lord, would you deal with that in our hearts? Help us to be humble rather than prideful. Lord, may all the glory go to you. May we say, it's not me, it's Christ. It's Christ in me that enables me to do what I do. So we ask that in your name. Amen. Amen.